Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. New York City's, uh, the Boston Celtics were something like being triumphant. And now get the pleasure of being completely decimated by the basketball fatal flying guillotine that's that is the Brooklyn Nets. Let's talk a basketball. New York City, it's it's time. The gloves are off. The 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 cornrows are 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 expertly braided into the heads. Kevin Durant is making faces. Kyrie Irving is saving the world. And all of that is happening with with greatness on the precipice. Greatness on the doorstep. We have not seen a basketball championship since the New York Nets did it for the ABA. We haven't seen an NBA basketball championship since a couple of years before I was born and I am old. New York City's focus on what I'm saying to you, whether you are a Knicks fan or a Nets fan. Focus on what you're saying, what, what, what is about to happen to us, what we're about to see or potentially see. My money is on seeing it. A basketball championship, your team, a team from the place that you're from, a team for that you root for, right? Tri-state area, New Jersey, Long Island, and of course, Brooklyn. We are on the precipice of winning our last, the last game of our season, something we haven't seen in over 49 years. To talk about that, I brought in some professionals. Uh, we got the homie coming on. I'm, I, I, I won't, I'll tease that a little bit uh, uh, before. Our first game with the Celtics. But we also bought in a Nets Twitter veteran. A person who actually has been chronicling the team since it was very bad. A young, brilliant young man who tried to tell me, Kevin, I mean, excuse me, James Harden will be good for these Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Billy, say hello to everyone before I, I, I introduce uh, Sam. <laughs> So, Billy, this is the first time you're doing um, this with us, right? Like, I, I feel like I've invited you before, but something happened and whatever. But I'm really thrilled to have you. And my partner, Sam, is thrilled to have you, too. Sam, say hello to the people. 
What's going on, Billy? I'm super happy to have you on. I think this is going to be uh, great, and I know I'm I'm super amped for uh, for this coming weekend. So, how 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 do you guys taken this in? Like, is it you guys are younger than me, so the suffering has been throughout your whole life, right? You've been watching New York City suffer uh, with hoop me- mediocrity and and. 12 and 70 seasons and, and everything else. How, how does how is it hitting you right now that we are about to play the Boston Celtics in the beginning step of what could be an NBA championship? Talk to me, Billy. Tell, tell me how, how, how this all hits you. I think it's obviously very exciting. I think this is a couple years in the making. KD and Kyrie signed almost two years ago now. And uh, finally, we're on the verge of entering the playoffs with these two in the fold and, and James Harden, of course. So, Everything we've been waiting for, all all the tra- fake trades we spoke about, all the different acquisitions and things to really put this team in position to be a true title contender, they're there now. And they have all the talent, as James Harden has said, to be a championship team if they put in the right effort and things go their way. So um, it, it's exciting. They have as real of a chance as anyone to win the championship. And after years of mediocrity, mediocrity as you said, and struggling years, uh, the Nets are really at the forefront of the title picture, and that's exciting. They're going to get all the big games, the ABC games, Mike Green, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson. They're going to be on the call. The Nets are the main team in the NBA right now next to the Lakers, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, and, and I mean, what's the, I mean, amongst your circle of people who cover the team, I'm sure you guys have group chats. I'm sure you guys kind of talk uh, uh, behind the scenes about, you know, the vibe and what's going on. Like, like, it, does this matter to them? Like, I hear a lot of people saying that, you know, Kyrie, who just had a 50, 40, 90 se- season, you know, basketball is not a priority to him. What's, what is the vibe? Is, is the vibe to behind the scenes from what you've analyzed, are they as locked in as, as, as they should be? Or are they kind of going through the motions? Like, t- tell me what does that, tell me how they're feeling. No, for sure. I mean, this team is locked in. It's filled with competitors, with KD, Kyrie, and Harden. I mean, you know, for them and their and their uh, their resumes, their their career resumes, they're, they're only looking for titles at this point. They've proved everything from an individual standpoint. This is their real season. Uh, maybe they weren't always locked in going through the regular season, um, realizing that they can turn it on come playoff time. But I think you saw over the last week or so, the Nets really start to kick it into gear. KD's entire game, including his defensive game, really start to show out, and they're ready for the playoffs. And with Kyrie. Um, I think people forget that human beings, especially intelligent human beings and very talented human beings, can multitask. Right. Um, basketball doesn't have to be his only priority. He can be thinking about other things in the world, but when he's he's working um, in the gym, he, he's given all his effort into that. I mean, people can think about other things and also excel in other areas as well. So I, I don't think he has to be all basketball all the time. Um, he, could, he could play the game. He could practice really hard. Be ready to go when the buzzer sounds, and then he can go home and be thinking about the different social issues around the world. So I don't think that's precluding Kyrie Irving. Um, I have no worries about him. He's completely focused on the floor, and he, he's an assassin on the floor. Sam, um, I, I'd like you to expound on that point. Like we're you and I on a personal level, we talk about the, you know the, kind of the current events of the world as it affects us personally as people, and 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 some of the stuff that Kyrie is talking about is you know some people don't pay attention to at all some it's it it, you know some people in basketball twitter it just sounds like a a gobbledygook but does it when when you hear Kyrie talk like that Sam when you hear Kyrie kind of 
uh, bringing awareness to to some of these conversations. Is anything in your in your young mind thinking shut up and dribble? I mean, like literally, not even the slightest. I, I honestly find it like kind of offensive that we're still at the point where like if he comments on anything politically, like uh, it becomes some type of story. Like I almost find it's a little bit. To, to me, it's like almost radio chatter that would have been something like Mike right. and the Mad Dog would have talked about like right. twenty five years ago. And they did recently, like they like some yeah. thing no, is sure. <laughs> the notion, but the notion that it's still something that's like talked about on like, I mean, everything like whether right. it's like ESPN or you know like Bill Simmons talks about it and like 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 does Ky- I mean look like me and you have talked about it like does Kyrie say certain things that are like stupid that have nothing to do with politics like mm-hmm. for sure but like but. Like, I think him commenting on what's going on politically is both awesome. And I think, like, if you read, I mean, Ian O'Connor just uh, uh, released a piece for uh, for the Post about Kyrie. And I thought it was, I thought it was, like, really fair. And I thought it was, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't call it a puff piece, though. I think it did portray him in a, in a good light. And I think, I really do think he is, like, the perfect athlete in the modern day to bring a title to New York and specifically to Brooklyn just because of what he cares about. And I think his heart is like in the right place on everything he speaks about. So I, I don't know. At, at this point, I just find it like kind of offensive that people are like, oh, is he is he not focused enough on ball? Like, I think it's a ridiculous like thing for people to be talking about at this point. Right. And it's uh, it's also something that just uh, strikes me as weird in the sense that it is hard. You know, the the, the Bible has a verse that says. That says um, it's easier to get a, a a rich man through an eye of a needle, um, or, or it's easier to get a a, a a camel through the eye of a needle than a, a rich man into heaven. And this there is something that happens to you as a person when you when you I, I've I've never seen the money that Kyrie has seen, but when you are comfortable in life and when that's kind of a way of your family dynamic, you you get afraid just by like one tweet can end uh, uh, that happiness, that comfort. Uh, and, you know, as a Nike, uh, you know, w- where he makes most of his money, 250 million, I think, excuse me, his, that's KD's contract. His contract's $200 million. And um, for him to, to care and, and actually a lot of it is, a lot of it is like a lot of young people. My children, they don't really understand the the history and how serious some of these some of these topics are. Um, but they're reacting to human suffering or what they see or think is or consider human suffering. Images that they're seeing across their timeline on social media. And I, I'm 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 telling you, I'm excited for young people, for 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 people you guys age and down because you guys care. And I think that's, I think uh, Kyrie is really a reflection of his generation who care about more than just, just playing this game and being rich and, 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 and um, dating Instagram models. Not that he doesn't do all of those things. He does. Um, <laughs> but I, I can I like that, that my athletes can. I think it's good karma for the Nets as, as a basketball team going forward. Um, Let's talk about hurdles for this thing, right? Uh, moving on a little bit from from the players, Billy, are you con- are you uh, uh, confident with Nash, or are you uh, uh, 
a Nash critiquer like our, our other partner, Bam, um, you know, are, are you all in on, on uh, Steve Nash being able to guide this team to a championship? I think Steve Nash has steadily improved as the season has gone on. Um, and I don't know how much credit to give Steve Nash or um, how much hate to give him when he messes something up because I think it's really a collaborative effort. The entire coaching staff, the Nets have built one of the best coaching staffs in the league with Mike D'Antoni, Ime Udoka, down the line, a lot of guys with a lot of experience in this league. So I think collectively they've done a great job throughout the year of making adjustments. I mean, one of my critiques of Kenny Atkinson, who I really liked a lot, um, was that he was a little slow to react in in-game adjustments. Um, I, I think that the Nets are better in that regard. I li- I've liked their game plans and how they've catered to specific matchups. Um, they seem to play the right guys in the right matchups and aren't afraid to switch up rotations, whether it's uh, DeAndre, maybe he's good for this match, then you completely take him out of the rotation, um, and, and other things of that sort. Uh, they've relied on, and that's really something they've relied on with their big man rotation because all their bigs have different strengths. Sometimes they rely more on Blake. Sometimes it's a Claxton game. Sometimes they go really small with Jeff Green, DJ, as I said. So they've done a good job mixing everything in. I don't have concerns about Steve Nash. Who knows? It's hard to tell when you have a really uh, superstar-laden team like the Nets have just how good Steve Nash is like in another circumstance. But I think for the talent the Nets have, Steve Nash is definitely not going to be in the way of them winning a championship. Feed, feeding off of that, Billy, I I want to I want to say this, and I think I think it's something that you and Sam could tell me if I'm 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 making this up because I like the Nash high. I was very pumped for it because I felt there was no one who had more hands-on uh, understanding of running D'Antoni's offense than him, and there are no players better fit to run D'Antoni's offense. Um, uh, to play in D'Antoni's offense than the big three. I think if he, when he imagined what this offense could be at its height, uh, Mike D'Antoni, that is, he imagined it being thought through by by Steve Nash and actually played with, like, Kevin Durant is the optimal um, tool to put into, to make that, that strategy that D'Antoni's been, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, rolling out onto the court. Uh, for the last, uh, I guess, what, fifteen years, and um, but um, it, here's the here's the question though: Is the are the mistakes lack of tactical nous, or are the mistakes uh, them trying things? Because a lot of these regular season games, if you look at just the th- they started Bruce Brown at center. I really, I really liken it to like improvisational jazz. What he, what Nash is doing out there, he tries stuff, and if it doesn't work, he'll he'll table it and he'll come back to it. And if it doesn't work again, he'll 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 end it. And I, I, I it is is that part of what is frustrating people that we don't have a set starting five. We couldn't not with this team. Um, all right. Tell me, Sam, am I am I wrong in any of my assertions that maybe it's not a lack of tactical now? It's just they really didn't the 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 regular season was really just a long prolonged scrimmage for them. Talk to me, Sam. Yeah, I mean, like I think I think Nets fans kind of want it both ways because they're they're like they're happy to have Nash, but then at the same time, like and they and and they will use the excuse of. Uh, 
you know, we've had a lot of injuries. We've had all these different rotations and that's why we're the two seed and not the one seed or whatever, whatever it is. Or that's why we looked a little out of sorts. But then when it comes to Nash, it's like Nash doesn't get any of those uh, uh, excuses or like or alibis. And I think it's a little I just think it's a little disingenuous when people end up criticizing Nash for that, because like, I don't really know what you want him to do on, on top of the fact that he is, he is learning on the spot. And I think that's something that we all knew was going to happen because the guy wasn't going to roll in and be like red hour back day one. So like, uh, you know, like, I think, I think he's done a really good job. I think, I, I think Billy said it really well. I think he's, he's made adjustments. I think he's definitely made them quicker than Kenny would have. Like, I think the Bruce Brown thing is something that took, a little bit of time, but I think with Kenny, it would have been like happening now or something like that. Like, I, I don't think we see Nick Claxton the way we have a down, especially down the stretch in some of these important games. I don't think we see Nick Claxton in, um, in, in Kenny Atkinson's lineup. What do you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, look, like the, for, I mean, now I'm mixing up the years. I guess it was two years ago now. Like, I mean, Kuruks ended up being like a really big lightning bolt to the, to the lineup and just gave them a burst and oh. Kenny totally resigned to it for a while. And whether Kuruk sucks or not, like the, the results were, uh, <laughs> the results were there and, yeah. you know, yeah, and, that... and, and so just because of that, I think, I mean, I think, I think Nash is basically working with like, you know, like what, what are they up to? They're up to like 29 different players they've had and like 33 different starting lineups or something. Like, I mean, he's, he's doing what he, what he has to do. But I, I mean, I definitely, I think if they don't, if they don't win a title, it's definitely not going to be because of Nash. I think it'll be most likely going to be because of health or, you know, or, or, or the guys honestly just didn't play enough together. Like that's- yeah, and, quick, and quickly to jump in here, I, I think uh, I think the Nets kind of, because of all the injuries they had this season and the uh, unfortunate circumstances with COVID, players were in and out of the lineup. And because of that, the Nets took advantage of it and really wanted to use the regular season as an experimentation um, platform, realizing mm-hmm. that, they're going to be fine in the playoffs if they're healthy, but really let's get a look at all these different guys, all these different lineups. And because they're such an analytically, um, I guess um, they like, they love analytics so much. This team, mm-hmm. they, they wanted to get a bunch of analytic samples of different groups and how they play together. Steve Nash even said the other day that because of different injuries and sorts, he doesn't think the Nets have even gotten a chance to play two of their best lineups, which I'm assuming is the big three Blake and Claxton. And then the big three, uh, maybe Joe and one or the other, but I was trying to think that off the top of my head. But there's a couple lineups they haven't gotten a chance to play, but they do have a nice analytic sample of multiple different lineups, and I think that's what they were looking for during the regular season. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree with that, Biara. Um, uh, I what I would say is people, the people who are saying that Nash isn't any good are the people who either wanted to hire Thibodeau or had their their hire in their pocket or in their mind that they thought you know should have gotten the job or or still lamenting that Kenny Atkinson is not here I I I would go that you couldn't have hired a a better coach for this particular team right you're not gonna Mm -hmm. do you're not gonna use Alfred Payton I mean you're not gonna use Kyrie Irving the way a Thibodeau runs Alfred Payton into the ground with playing 42 minutes and shooting 24%. Like this, this is not the team that's going to do that. And what they, what they needed in a, a team leader, what they needed in a coach was someone who would have, who could, who Kyrie can look into his eyes and go, yeah, this, this dude knows what he's talking about. This, this guy 
understands it. And I, I, I really believe that that's a that that's a win. And I also think that Kyrie, at in the way with the way Kyrie's mind works, and guys, you can tell me if um if I'm you know kind of making Kyrie an arch villain here. But I just don't think he would have listened to anyone else. He will listen to Steve Nash because Steve actually did it on a high level. And I, if you listen to these guys talk, even when they're doing interviews, there's like a smirk on their face. There's like a uh, basketball players don't think about it like that. We don't we don't look at things like that. We don't, you know, and I, I and maybe that's athlete snobbery or you know for lack of a proper term of of that phenomena but i i can sense they needed that was the guy they needed and he also happened to be one of sean mark's best friends he also happened to be very close to uh jacques vaughn and i think the offense they wanted to run was this d'antoni offense from the beginning and they they just hired the best quarterback of that offense it, it, does any of that sound crazy to you, Sam? Uh, no, I, I think. I mean, I think everything. I think everything you said is pretty is like is is pretty spot on. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I find I, I just find generally I think the Nash criticism to almost be like to be pretty low hanging fruit for this team. Like I think it's you know I I think a lot of the stuff. Also, he's basically in like a lose lose because if they don't win, I'm sure he'll get some shit and if they do win it's going to go to the it's going to go to the players but i mean you also look at what he managed beyond the injuries and all that stuff but even just like being he like he's so good at diffusing uh all the different crap that comes with having three superstars on the team and getting asked questions about when guys oh, are coming God. back and all of Kyrie's stuff that like i don't know i th- i think he's done a really good job in year 1 and I, I don't really have many issues with him has anyone had better press con? Has there ever been a Nets coach that has better press conferences than than Steve Nash? Have you ever seen someone so charismatic, Billy? As no, a no, head he's coach. The most char- yeah, he's definitely the most charismatic. Kenny was good with the media, but Kenny was always seemed a little uncomfortable with the media. No, he's more of a quiet guy. He doesn't want the spotlight. Jason Kidd really didn't do, give too much of the media. Avery Johnson was. Uh, always complaining the team was losing most of the time. So, and then you had PJ who was, who did media for years. So PJ was good, but, uh, yeah, Steve Nash, he's charismatic. He's used to being in the spotlight as an MVP. And I think a lot of what you said is true. Um, it has all the ingredients of a team have to fit together to complement each other. So while Steve Nash may not be a better coach for the Knicks than Tom Thibodeau, uh, I think Steve Nash is a better coach for this net situation than Tom Thibodeau. Whereas if you look at even in MLB right now, Tony LaRusso, he's a Hall of Fame manager with the Cardinals, with the A's. Probably. He's had a great career, but now he's with the White Sox, and that's just yeah. a bad fit for him. I mean, you look at it, one of the best players on that team, Tim Anderson, he's known for being a showboat or flashing that new age baseball player, and it just doesn't fit well with that team. So you have to look at your squad. I think a lot of what we talked about looking for a coach last summer was someone that's going to work with the personalities of KD and Kyrie. And Steve Nash is very likable. He's been very good in that regard. Um, and then one thing I think that we're going to look back at is obviously a turning point of this season and maybe this whole era is when they traded for James Harden. Because if you look earlier in the season, the Nets were hovering around 500. Um, KD went into COVID protocol. Kyrie went uh, MIA for a week or two, and we yep. still really didn't get a firm answer about where he was during that time. Steve Nash, that was the one blip in the radar where he said something to the media where um, race and my eyebrows where he seemed kind of not knowing where Kyrie was, where I think he probably should have kept that in-house a little bit. Um, but he said something of that nature. The Nets weren't doing great, and then they traded for Harden. If they didn't trade for Harden there, KD went into COVID protocol, Kyrie wasn't around, the team was kind of hovering around 500. 
that's where it could have went off the rails a little bit, especially since uh, Karis ended up, unfortunately, obviously having that, that cancer scare. Wow, could you um, imagine? They may not. I mean, the Nets probably wouldn't have found that out until later in the season, which would have been very bad for Karis, obviously. But had they found that out, they would have been even without Karis. So uh, it really could have gone off the rails there. And then Harden coming in kind of injected new life in this team. Kyrie then returned a few games later, and, and they really started going. But Harden is just a pivotal part of this team. And I think Steve Nash has been just uh, the perfect coach this, for this squad, really. It, it is um, amazing to watch, man. I, like, let's, let's, let's talk about the series more. Let's, let's, let's kind of get to the nitty-gritty here. Um, but on Harden, man, I've never, I don't think I've ever gotten a player more wrong than James Harden. Because what the, the way NBA media works is they, they package you into this cartoon character and then they and then that's all you can really consume because most of the times, especially if you're like me, you're you're really into your own team or on on or like I'll be into a team that I find some betting um, advantage and I'll bet that team and watch them all throughout the season. But I never really watch Harden in, in Houston, except in the playoffs and every and and from time to time on a league pass game, and I. The person that the media made me understand him to be, and not to blame the media, I think I'm a grown man, I think I have enough media training to understand that this is nonsense that I'm watching, but still, there's a a media caricature of James Harden that I bought into, and I regret it, because this, like, for as much of a... What I didn't want was a me, 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 me guy at a time when you needed Ubuntu, you needed a teamwork, you needed family, you needed brotherhood. I didn't know James Harden was going to be um, a, a catalyst for togetherness, for winning, for good vibes. He's like a super, he's like Jason Kidd and freaking Theo Pinson mixed in together, less dancing, more slurpy, more <laughs> um, smoothie drinking, but he's vibes and 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 skill set. He makes players better on the court. Billy, we've had private conversations about this. Tell me where I went wrong <laughs> in my understanding of Harden, and then tell me, and then immediately segue into who's going to stop. Who's going to stop James Harden on the Celtics? And how? what could they possibly do to stop this dude? See, see, there's, well, as you said, a lot, there's a lot of misconceptions about James Harden. I think a lot of it is because he's really a pioneer of, of sorts in terms of a style of play. Absolutely. And um, a lot of people like to peg, pe- uh, play, pe- put players into boxes and uh, compare them to former players. And Jar- James Harden's really unique, and he really, that uniqueness really got. Uh, profound it even more being in Houston with Daryl Morey's vision and Mike D'Antoni's vision and right. he's an unbelievable all-around player and I've always thought that going back to Oklahoma City and obviously he took a step but for Houston to win they had to maximize that team and he did what was necessary so for for them him shooting as much as possible was the most efficient option I always loved watching the Rockets as much as any other team across the league and I was always a big fan of James Harden just because for me, when I when I certain players and teams I like, I always am attracted to teams um, that play a very intelligent style of basketball. I don't like seeing sloppy play, uh, stupid play. Like I like seeing teams make the smart plays, be very fundamentally sound, um, play a cerebral game. 
And James Harden always did that. And the Rockets with him, with him in charge, they were always getting great shots. They, they were just playing a very stark style of basketball, savvy on the defensive end, even though they were undersized. I just thought their style was very creative and pioneered the league in, very, in, a, in a lot of ways. So, And then when Harden came to the Nets, everyone obviously thinks he's a he could score 50, 60 points. He was doing that, scoring 36 a game with the Rockets winning MVPs. He's a scorer. But he's way more than a scorer. And I'd argue since coming to the Nets, it's all his other skills that have really um, been most important. When you looked at the Nets before Harden, you had KD and Kyrie. But if you remember, it, it felt like a Rucker Park style. They had no real organization. They were just throwing the ball out of the net and then uh, going up there, scoring, running back, lazy defense, whatever. There was real no stru- really no structure. It was just KD and Kyrie go cook and whatever. Um, when Harden came in, his playmaking, obviously, we know how great that is, but that really took shape. And just his overall structure to the offensive side of the ball, putting role players where they need to be, making them comfortable, getting them easy shots, keeping just the structure of the offense intact. And then defensively, he's very underrated. Everyone always said James Harden was a bad defender, but he, he's a true 6'5", 6'6", and stocky. Like, he can guard uh, down in the post on switches, and that's been huge for a team that's been trying to switch since the beginning of the year. I think um, he's 6'5", both ways. I think high and with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he's 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 maybe the Nets' best post defender on the team, and for a team that switches so often, um, that's so huge. And when you play with Nick Claxton, we'll get in Claxton later, I'm sure, but Claxton's elite is switching onto the perimeter, and I'd actually argue he's better on the perimeter than he is inside as a defender. So when Harden and, and Claxton switch a pick and roll, they're kind of getting switched into their strengths. So that really helps the Nets' defense there. Um, but Harden's just done so much. Um, great weak side defender. He knows how to rotate. He's got quick hands. He can gap the, uh, the defense. So I really love what Harden brings on both sides of the ball. I've always seen him as an all-around player, and I'm happy he's finally getting the credit he deserves in that regard because um, he's a tremendous player and incredibly smart. Um, and I think he's the Nets' most important player. I think if they lost um, KD for a series or whatever, I think the Nets with Harden and Kyrie would have a better chance to win a title than KD and Kyrie. Um, Harden's the most integral piece, in my opinion. Um, if it's Harden and KD or Harden and Kyrie, that team could still win the title. If they lose Harden and it's KD and Kyrie, I think that team's a little short. So he's the most important player, in my opinion. Um, he's the vocal leader of this team, in my opinion. And Nets got to hopefully get him back into full speed, playing 35 minutes and at his best basketball. Use that first round now to do that. And then hopefully going to the Bucks and Sixers, potentially he's back up to full speed because he's so important. Who, who, who can... Who can who can slow him down on on the Celtics? Is is there something they could do? This is for you too, Sam. You chime right in when um after Billy answers. Um, who what are what are the Celtics going to do or can they do to disrupt uh, what Harden brings to the table? So this is where the Celtics are going to struggle without Jalen Brown because with Jalen Brown they had Tatum Brown and Smart three good defensive players that could match up with KD Kyrie and uh, Harden when all three are on the floor, but without Jalen Brown that's going to mean that Marcus Smart he can card either Kyrie or he can card James Harden um, depending on who they choose the other guy is going to get to go at either Kemba Walker or Evan Fournier most of the time yep. and that that's a mismatch so I think that's where it's really going to help. Kyrie and, and James Harden because teams are going to have to pick their poison. I mean, even when you go to the Bucks, Drew Holiday's either guarding one of the two and then you could put Chris Middleton on the other one, but I think that'll be a little bit of a mismatch. So, um, one of them are going to have an, op- an option to score and Fournier and Kemba, I mean, that's barbecue chicken for either one of them. If they want to go at that, I think they might look to put Marcus Smart on James Harden just to take the head of the snake out. Um, 
because Harden's kind of leading the Nets offensive sets and then just try and deal with Kyrie going isolation on the wing. Um, but it's going to be tough for the Celtics. I don't think they have the manpower to really compete in the series. And uh, I don't know. I don't think anyone's stopping James Harden. He said yesterday, um, one of the Boston reporters in the media session, he asked James Harden how his matchups with Marcus Smart have been and all that. James Harden didn't even mention Marcus Smart. He just said, I don't really pay attention to who they put on me. I can get to my spots no matter what. And that's how he feels. He's big. He's strong. He's got a great handle. He's going to get where he wants on the floor. And then he's just so smart um, that it doesn't really matter how much space he has. He can shoot under traffic. He's strong. He could keep someone on his shoulder and throw up the floater. He can pass it to anybody. Um, so, so Harden really, I mean, I don't even know if you want to waste the defender on him. If you want to put Marcus Smart on him, maybe put Marcus Smart on Kyrie, make him struggle in isolation, and then just try and put two on the ball when Harden runs screen. So, I don't know. Celtics have, have, a, have a tough challenge on their hands. Uh, Sam, how do you stop an automated, self-propelled human bowling ball? Break that down for me. What is what what is what is uh, our our coach from um, from from Hoosers over there, uh, Brad Steven cooking up? Give me something that he's going to do to uh, uh, cancel out Harden. I mean, they're definitely setting the tone as if like. I mean, Stevens' comments have almost been like we have no chance already, which I thought was an interesting uh, tone coming from him. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like I, I think I think Billy kind of kind of said it all, and I I mean I don't really see I don't really see how they can keep up. I think I think if Brown was actually playing, I think you could tr- you could convince yourself of an argument that like if Kemba's on, and you have like Kemba Brown. Uh, Tatum smart along with along with you know Tristan who could who could probably give the give the Nets some issues depending on like Robert Williams's health and all that but uh but I think I think the Jalen loss is huge and I I mean I don't know it, it seems like even like even if Tatum like average it's one of those things where you know it's like even if Tatum in the series averages like 40 which he won't but even if he did you're kind of like okay like where I mean the Nets are going to score 100 and 20 to 130 points so where are the other 80 to 90 points coming from and i just don't see anybody keeping up with them when i was a kid my grandma used to have this way of uh metting out corporal punishment she would make you go and pick what um a lot of my american friends call a switch on my american side of family we call we still fondly refer to it as a switch but my grandmother um was talking to one of my cousins who didn't speak French or or, or Haitian Creole, and um, and the, the asked the um, <laughs> asked the neighbor, uh, what do you call a what do you call a switch? Oh, what do you call uh, what she calls a guiguaz or her her French word for it? And the neighbor told him, oh, that's just a whooping stick. And it was just hilarious to me that she would send my younger cousins who did not speak French. I I, I do. I was raised by my grandma a lot of my a year, so uh, French and Spanish was my my first language before English. And um, the whipping stick, my grandmother used to say it like this: "I'll point whooping stick la pumwe." <laughs> and I hear my grandmother calling for the whooping stick to be bought out. And I just, <laughs> when I dream it, I see it. I see it coming out of, I hear my grandmother's voice, but I see it coming out of um, uh, Steve Nash. Whooping stick la. 
is coming out. And I don't see anything that they could do. Even with this young superstar, Jason Tatum. I love him. I love him. I think he's going to be a net. I think I think KD is already recruiting him. I, I, I really believe that. I, I believe when it's time for us to re-up that the next group of superstars will just come to Brooklyn again, especially if we win a championship and, and, and Mark shows that he's one of those Fengalis. The, the whooping stick is out. What can Jason Tatum do? Is he got a shot? Is he going to... Can he somehow, from especially from that fifty-point, um, uh, uh, you know, outburst the other night to get them, you know, um, you know, through this play uh, playing tournament thing? Uh, how did it, how how can the kid, young kid, possibly come up against us and and maybe uh, like argue for them? <laughs> what stops the whooping stick? I think when you look at this series. I mean, we don't know how competitive it's going to be, but the thing I'm looking forward to most is that KD-Jason Tatum matchup because KD, he's been out a lot of the year, and he's still kind of rounding into form. I mentioned the last week of the season, it seemed like his total game started to come to focus more. His assists were up. His defense was better. Um, Steve Nash said KD's going to see a lot of time on Jason Tatum, as he should. This is the playoffs now. It's not a regular season game where you put KD on another player so he doesn't have to exert as much energy defensively. I mean, the stars guard the stars in the playoffs. If, he, if he's your best defensive option, KD's got to guard Tatum. So I think we're going to see a lot of that, which might give a little more scoring um, load to Harden and Kyrie, which is fine. That's why the Nets have three stars. But KD and Tatum is going to be a great matchup. KD looked really good defensively on him on Christmas um, with his length kind of being able to compete with Tatum's length. Um, so I'm looking at that matchup. But for the Celtics, I think they need Tatum to average 30. They need Kemba to average 20 to 25. They need 50 points a game from Kemba and Tatum just to even enter the conversation of winning a game. Hell they need no. that every night. They that's need that not every night. So that's if not. Get, so if you get, I mean, I could see it. I mean, 30 and maybe 20 with the two of them. Like, but they need at least that. And then, but that, but that's only, I mean, what is that? That's 50 points. You're still going to need another 80 points maybe um, to compete with the Nets. Where is that coming from? You're going to get 15 even. Yeah. 20 for Marcus Smart, which would be a lot. I mean, I just don't see how the numbers add up for the Celtics with their injuries with Jalen Brown now to be able to reach the Nets offensively, and they're not elite enough defensively to make up for it. So you told me to make a case for the Celtics. I'm struggling here. I, I, I don't really don't see one for them. Um, I think I, I, I'm picking Nets in five. Um, I think if they had Jalen Brown, it would be Nets in six. Jason Tatum's good enough, and that Celtics crowd will be loud enough. I think by game four, they're supposed to have 100% capacity or something like that, I've heard. So even if they're down 3-0, I think with a loud Boston crowd um, packed for one of the first times of the season, I think that they'll, they'll maybe get the energy to win that, that game. It'll be a gentleman sweep of some sort. Um, Jason Tatum's good enough to get a game, but I really don't see how the Celtics can compete in this series. They don't pose any real matchup problems for the Nets. Like, if you look at a team like if they, the Nets played the Wizards, okay, Russ and Beal at least... They're the perimeter attack. The Nets don't have a ton of perimeter defenders that maybe they can give the Nets some trouble. Um, the Celtics aren't overly big either to make the Nets pay inside. They kind of are built similarly to the Nets, but just with worse players in each position. Yeah. Like like Kemba's significantly worse than Kyrie, but similar mold. Tatum's worse than KD, but similar mold. And then they don't have a piece to match up Harden. So I really don't know how they can exploit the Nets. To me, they're built similarly, but just considerably less talented. Look, dude, I can't even find a line for a sweep. Uh, it's it's only not an only in New York we can't do FanDuel or DraftKings by IP address. You have to kind of drive soon, to the soon. Soon, don't we'll remind me. Oh yeah, listen, soon. I, I can't wait. 
I can't. It's probably good that it's such a hard thing to do. I probably would have gambled away my my second oh, kids. I um, I would have been a disgrace at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I'm betting the the sweep. You give Sam. Yes, whooping, sir. Whooping stick, la la. Even tell me something that we've got. I mean, let's make this show interesting. Give me an argument for for Jason Tatum saving the day. Emerging as a superstar and sending us home sad. Well, how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm with, I'm with Billy in that. I, I like, I think I'm going to give you literally the exact same answer. That I think if Brown was there, I actually think it could have legitimately been a series. I think the Celtics are like low key, like a great, like a really, a really good seven seed. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I think this. I mean, I think the Celtics, Celtics that they were playing in a series are better than the the two teams in the four five. So, I mean, and they, they have had as much as I don't want to give um, Bill Simmons and his mob any, any, any credit, they have had uh, the year from hell in a lot of ways with like the Tatum COVID situation. Smart got hurt. Brown got hurt. Uh, Robert Williams got hurt. Uh, they, I mean, the, the bench has basically been decimated as well. So uh, the, the Tatum COVID thing where he needs, now he needs like uh, an inhaler before every game. So they've had a lot of stuff go down and I actually give, I think they deserve more credit than they, uh, than they've gotten, but with no, with no Brown and the firepower of the Nets big three, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see it as, I don't see it as, as possible. I mean, we're, I saw, I'm curious, were you guys, were you guys rooting for the Celtics or the Wizards in the game? Cause I actually was rooting for the Celtics without Brown. If, if, if the Wizards, um, if the Celtics had Brown, then I think it's, it's obviously much closer. The Wizards played the Nets super well, but also, Beal looks like he's at, I don't know, 60% right now, 65 So, I guess we'll see how tonight's game goes. Yeah, I think the Wizards could have gotten a couple of accidental wins against us. But I never cared between Boston and the Wizards. I Like, my mind is so firmly in, like, just put that this is a championship basketball team. I don't look at misshapen, you know thrown together teams like the the Washington Wizards as a problem like just cuz they have Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook is going to go through periods where he can't hit the broadside of a barn and and I've never seen Bradley Bill just go off in a playoff I've I've actually seen John Wall go off in a playoff and I've never seen Bradley Bill just grab a game by its collar and just take over um uh I I will say though that with Jalen Brown being hurt, obviously Boston would be the better choice uh, out of the two. But I've never felt like, oh, it's one. Of, I'm worried about if it's these other guys. No, it, we have to come to grips with the fact that there's never been anything like this before, and because there's never been anything like this before, um, you know, we make the wrong comparison. Like, actually, Golden State Warriors had a lot of traditional good fundamental pieces but none of them could match offensively like i'm sorry i as an offensive weapon clay thompson is a is a is a better shooter than kevin i mean um than james harden as a third piece or or second piece however you want to classify either one of them but i'm talking about all of the things that he can do and the impact that he has on the game you clay thompson is nowhere near James Harden. James Harden is an MVP. Okay? Kevin Durant is an MVP. 
Kyrie Irving is not an MVP, probably will never win an MVP I, based off of how I think the voting works. But Kyrie Irving is the... We added two MVPs to the greatest basketball talent that has ever played in New York City. I don't I don't care, you know, I I I love those old Knicks from the 70s from a theor- theoretical um place. I love Clyde Frazier. I think he's he's the greatest just because he has the rings, but if Kyrie wins a ring, he's the he is the greatest basketball talent, the greatest handle in a point guard city. In a city that's produced some of the greatest point guards ever, that dude is the greatest player, and he and he's nothing in comparison to the other two. He's he's more commensurate with uh, a Clay Thompson, and Clay Thompson is Golden State Warriors, a great team, an amazing group of guys, but we don't have a. a, a a Barnes or a Harrison Barnes on this team. We don't have that kind of like, you know, step down that 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 from the the great players. And and yes, we do not have a Draymond Green. I'm sorry, you could cobble together what Draymond Green, Green brings in a in a few players, and you've never seen an offensive like this, uh, offense like this. Where does the lack of defense get us? Is it in the Boston Celtics? Can can you know they do play defense they are a well defensively coached team if if defense wins playoffs could that possibly be our downfall sam i'm gonna go to you first and then go go to billy after go ahead no i just like i i I think this i think i think the celtics only chance is really through like knock on wood some type of some type of injury misfortune (laughs) yeah what'd you say misfortune is their only way to, like yeah, us getting you know, hurt. Look, the, look. I think the elephant in the room, also on the Celtics team, is, and I mentioned this in the last pod with uh, with you and Bam, is the Celtics also give off extreme. Like, if I'm doing a spectrum of like the one, two, three Cancun vibes of just like wanting to go home and like go to LA for the for the summer and, and relax, like the Celtics are probably an eight or a nine on that on that uh, on that scale. Like they, yeah. you know, they don't have the Wizards vibe as much of like they. The Wizards went seventeen and six in their last twenty three and looked like they were really playing hard. Like the the Celtics, I think, could lay down if can, can I tell you what that was though, Sam? Can I yeah. tell you what that was? That was Brand Jordan calling Westbrook and going, Yo, dude, man, I, I don't know if we're gonna do a signature sneaker anymore. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna you know, we, we may be looking at some other guys and or their agent letting him know. But that's the case. So he had to put the S on his chest. Bradley Bill had to put had had to come out the phone booth as well. But that's because these guys are playing more for more than winning, right? Last year, my friend at Nike, uh, who's a Nike executive, was talking about how Nike is already thinking about how do they move on from Kyrie? Like how do they bridge the gap between Kyrie and John ja Morant? And they're so different that as personalities that they have to come up with a whole other plan. Um, whereas with Giannis, it was kind of cookie cutter. They figure out a way to make him a cool sneaker and he's a big and it has to have all of these, these, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, bells and whistles to, to be able to sell with people to people with normal size feet. But um, I say all of that to say that these guys are playing for more and it looks like the Celtics have decided, you know what? I'm just going to wait for these guys to retire. 
we're not beating this team. It, it, do you do you guys see the a look in their eyes, like from their coach down, like they've just looked at this team, understanding basketball, and said, "Nah, I'm good. <laughs> no, um, this is not for me." Billy, am I over exaggerating? Is this happy fan talk? Because even Bill Simmons I, I... was like, it, "It's this is a." There's nothing we could do. I don't want to. I almost don't want to win the playing game. You know, like he's even admitting it. I think there's something off with the Celtics culture um, that we like. The Celtics have kind of underperformed over the last few years. There's kind of been some whispers about some drama there. Even when Kyrie was there, Kyrie got the blame for it as the best player. But those things have kind of still persisted since Kyrie has left. And a lot of the Celtics teammates have come to the defense of Kyrie. Um, so I, I think there's something there within that locker room that I don't know what it is, but the Celtics have underperformed a little bit to me. Um, so I think there's something beneath the surface there. I don't know if it's with Brad Stevens or whatever it is, but something's a little off with the Celtics culture. And as Seth mentioned, um, they do have those Cancun vibes. Uh, so I, I don't. I, this, it just doesn't seem like a team that's all together right now. It doesn't seem like a team that's really pushing to improve. I mean, they're a team that's been to Eastern Conference Finals a couple times in the last few years, and. Obviously, they lose Jalen Brown. They're kind of just like, okay, this is not our year. It just feels like that kind of vibe with them. So I don't think they're going to be the team to knock off the Nets. And I do, like I said, I don't think they play to the Nets. Um, I don't think their strengths play to the Nets' weaknesses. So um, it really allows the Nets to play how they want to play. I think you're going to see a lineup of Kyrie, Harding, uh, KD, Blake. And then I think they might go with Bruce Brown since Joe Harris is banged up. I think that will be the five against the Celtics. And the Celtics play small. Tatum starts at the four. That's fine with KD. And then allow the Nets to guard Kemba with they can guard him with Bruce Brown or they can guard him with Kyrie um either one and then Harden could play um on Smart and sag off a little bit Smart's not a great shooter and Blake can match up with Robert Williams like it really matches up well for the Nets I yeah. think as you go we deeper matched in the up play- well with them as the old version of the Nets too like they play small yeah, that's too. And- yeah the only issue the only issue with the first time was um when Jalen Brown was there then that means they they were really big so mm-hmm. they had six eight six nine at the forward spots and the Nets were having to guard Jalen Brown I, with either Joe Harris or Spencer. Yeah. Um, so they were a little undersized there on the wing. But still, I don't think the talent was enough for the Celtics to be able to win. But I think you're going to see the Nets um, this first series. It's going to really work into how they want to play. I'm interested to see what happens against Milwaukee and Philly because I'm not sure that they could start KD at the four against those two teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure they can still start Bruce Brown. So that would hurt their perimeter defense. So I think they're going to have to insert Jeff Green in there or potentially Nick Claxton um, because you're going you're gonna to need – um, I don't know if DJ can hang with Giannis after what we saw. Um, it looked good the first game, but I think they might go with Jeff Green or Blake and go with a kind of a bigger front court with Durant, Green, and Blake so you can kind of switch off three through five and kind of clog the lane with some length against Giannis and then against uh, Embiid. And DJ Zona has any kind of strength that can match up to him, but I think the Nets might just say, hey, listen, we're not going to play to their strength. We're not going to just kind of leave DJ down there on an island and let him go. We might play small, have Blake bang with him, kind of mm-hmm. front him a little bit, be physical, and then just send doubles and force Embiid to be a passer because we really haven't seen Embiid forced to do that much. And in prior series where he was forced to do that against the Celtics in years past, he struggled with Horford, just a swarming defense that forced him to pass. He's a great player. He's not Jokic in ability to pass and read the floor. So rather than letting him just pound down on the floor at 320 pounds and bully his way into the paint, it might be a better strategy to, for the Nets to play small allow their offense to flourish, and then just really force him to be a passer and sag off on a guy like Ben Simmons. So um, it'll be interesting to see, though, the matchups from round to round, and that's one of the things I'm looking forward to most of seeing this Nets team go deep in the playoffs. 
All right, so we're gonna we're gonna wind this joint down. Perfect answer, by the way, Billy. I, I like, I really appreciate your 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 basketball acumen and and um um you know I I, I I'm I'm happy with the way uh uh this uh pod is coming out. So let's 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 wind this joint down. Um, because we've been running our mouth for a while, and I've been keeping. By the way, these two young gentlemen, um. Nets World and New York City who who listens to us and may not be a part of Nets World. These two young men are uh uh, uh I, I'm talking about Sam and um and Billy here. They're both lawyers. These guys are covering the Nets and uh you're not lawyers yet and but in in law school, right? Right? You're in law lawyers school. Lawyers in training, yes. Exactly. Lawyers in training. Right. Who's <laughs> has anyone has anyone passed the bar? No, that's next year for me. I'll tell you guys. Yeah, so I, I just I just finished my first year. Um, oh. I took a gap year after undergrad, so uh, I just finished my first year. And year two's coming up next, so I'm awesome. one year behind Seth, I guess. Also, I'm the son of a judge that was supposed to be a lawyer, and uh, I learned his, that was his uh, mistake. He gave me a computer in 1986, and I've been uh, coding ever since. But I, I say I, I want to wind this thing down. Now, I really appreciate you guys' time and, and everything, and I appreciate you guys being smart and brilliant and, and bringing more to this Nets uh, conversation and, and elevating. Like, we need this. They're talking baseball on on drive time, and so uh, <laughs> our, our fan base needs this to, 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 to kind of take us, uh, you know, just have the content to fill and um, think about the team they love. So – Let's let's wind this thing down. Give me your standout player on each team for the series. Starting with you, Sam. Um, I mean, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Harden for the Nets, just because I'm honestly just curious what uh what what his body's gonna <laughs> gonna look like. And I I mean I th- I think as Billy said, I think oh, I think he's probably. He's on um, Peak Pillsbury Doughboy. That's that's what he looks like. <laughs> that's what he's going to be. Like. He's cultivating. He's, listen, he's cultivating masks for the playoff run. That's what it is. When he was, that's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, look at him cultivating masks. <laughs> His drinks are smooth. <laughs> yeah, that was. So James, you got James, uh, and who you got on the? Who's the the Celtics outstanding person? So. You know, I mean, I saw that um, – uh, I actually couldn't watch the game, but I saw that Robert Williams left uh, the first playing game and got hurt. And he's somebody who definitely makes me nervous because, I mean, like obviously you could say Tatum or Kemba, mm-hmm. um, but obviously the Nets have gotten hit by bigs. And even a guy like Tristan is someone who can give the Nets worries. But uh, Time Lord is definitely a, a big-time player and someone I get nervous about, but his health now seems to be an issue. So, you know, I think I – think, uh, because I think that's where the Celtics could get easier buckets. Whereas like, you know, Tatum and Kemba for as good as they are, a lot of their buckets are actually kind of difficult. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, time Lord, uh, kind of just clogs. Yeah. No, he's my worry too. I, I, I would have chosen, um, him because it seems like NBA bigs just have a, have their, uh, career games against us. Um, Billy, who, who's your, who's your two guys? Uh, it's, it's tough to peg just two. I, like I said, I think it's gonna be a five game series. I think it's going to be kind of a total team effort for the Nets. Uh, I think we're going to see KD really just prove that how big of a gap there is between him and 
a really good all-star player in Jason Tatum, but the gap between a, a superstar MVP guy in the discussion for um, best player in the league and then like a top 10 to 15 player that's a really good all-star. Like I think Katie's going to be able to defend Tatum well, and he's still going to be able to get his buckets on the other end. I think we'll see a gap there. And then depending on which one Marcus Smart takes, either Kyrie or Harden, um, I'm going to guess they put him on Harden. But I think Kyrie's going to have a big series against the Celtics. And then for the Celtics, I mean, you're looking at Tatum. Like I said, he's the only guy that can really determine if the Celtics are going to compete in this series. I wouldn't be surprised to see him average 30, even in a losing effort. Um, he's a really good player. But um, like I said, I don't think the Celtics have enough to really compete with the Nets. But it should be a fun series nonetheless. And then New York Boston's always a fun wrinkle. And uh, the TD Garden has history. So I, I definitely think that's more, a more exciting series than what the Wizards would have been. I mean, they just they don't have enough, they're not a team with history. Um, Capital One Arena in Washington is not anything that's really fun to watch a game at. You got TD Garden, you got Boston, no. the Celtics brand, um, with the history of the trade and Kyrie and all that. I think it makes for a better viewing pleasure. <laughs> excuse me, I wanted to. <coughs> excuse me, I wanted to get all of the legacy teams, like when the NBA was just five teams, the Sixers. Well, the Sixers wasn't part of it, but the Knicks, the the Celtics. Um, Sixers are still an old team, and um, Lakers, and yeah. and the Lakers. I wanted to go through all of the legacy teams and <laughs> win our championship. Um, if you, my my guy on the Nets, I think is is uh, is uh, going to be super vital to not just this game, but to the playoffs itself. Uh, I, I think Nick Claxton is going to be vital. I think. You need the young energy of a Nick Claxton, of a Bruce Brown. Like, people forget, Bruce Brown is 24. He was 23 the whole season. He turned 24. He's a young piece for the Nets. He's, he Bruce, could... Bruce, Brown's, Bruce Brown's the same age as me and Seth. I mean, you wouldn't <laughs> know it based on those shoulders and that workout regimen that he has, but um, he's the same age as us, which is crazy to think about. No, I got, I got, I got years on you, Billy, because I, I took, I took a four-year gap after. Oh, okay, got you, got you. same age as me at least. I'm, at, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting closer to like the, the, uh, me and Kyrie, Kyrie. are both <laughs> two guys. Well, you got, you better watch out. Nike's about to get ready to move on from you to John Morant. So. I know. <laughs> You're getting kicked out soon. Well, I'm Steve Nash's age, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I say all, I say all of this to say that Nick Claxton plays a great role and I'm worried that he's not going to he's not going to get minutes. I'm worried that they're going to apply the NBA cliche of he's too young, he's a rook. I think he's the Nets best defender, hands down. At at the very least it cannot be argued that he's the Nets defensive future. Um I think they're a better team when he plays and I'm worried he's not going to get the level of tick necessary to like, I think that's something that can derail our, our, our play. I think we could lose in the second round if we do not use Nick Claxton, not so much in the first round. I think we, we we're, we're going to cakewalk the, the Celtics for some reason. I really just believe that. And, um, and, um, uh, uh, but in the second round, we're going to need Nick Claxton. Who's a player that, is in danger of not playing that you might not see that you think the Nets need for the playoffs. Uh, Sam, you go first. Sorry, can you? What is it, it's who's a player that the Nets are not going to play? Are in danger of not playing 
and it's going to hurt. So I've been now terrified for a while about the about the disappearance of uh, of uh, of Tyler Johnson because I think he's excellent. Um, and I don't love all the Mike James minutes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just curious to see what happens with him because I think he I think he stabilizes the offense. I think when stuff's kind of out of whack, he slows things down and he's incredibly bright. So I'm hoping we still see him a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I love White Iverson. I, I mean, when <laughs> when he White Iverson, every time I see him with his Jordans on, I just know like, you know, post Malone, he just did such a great job transforming from music superstar to NBA player and then ending up on the Nets and you know, I, I just I love White Iverson. Um, who's your guy, Billy? Who who do you think might not get ticked that we need? Yeah, I, I hate to give the same answer, but I think Tyler Johnson is going to be the odd man out in the rotation. Um, and I, I really like his fit next to Harden. So he kind of phased out of the rotation while Harden was out. Um, mm. But next to Harden on that second unit, he could be a combo guard. He could handle a little bit to alleviate some ball handling duties. But he, he's really best playing off the ball as a catch-and-shoot guy, especially in the corners. He's, he's lethal. Um, he competes defensively. He's a smart player. He's tough. He comes from a winning culture with the Miami Heat. And so I just I, he plays the game the right way. Mike James, he's been good in spurts, but he's a little more of a chucker. Um, he, he's, he's that microwave scoring option. The Nets are in an offensive rut, um, which I don't expect to see with the three stars they have, but he can come off the bench and give him a little bit of a spark. But I don't really think he, he, he's necessary um, with Harden back in the fold, and I'd rather see Tyler Johnson. But I, I think the Nets are going to go um, without both of them in the rotation, cut it to nine and go with Kyrie, James, um, Bruce, Katie, Blake, and then go with uh, Joe Landry. Jeff Green and Nick Claxton. That will be their nine, I think. And uh, I, I do worry potentially if Spencer Dinwiddie does return at some point, which it might be curtains for the league. I think that's where they might have to take Bruce Brown out of the rotation and it'd be interesting to see how that affects Cannot. their defense. But um, that that <clears throat> might be something they deal with later in the playoffs. But I, I don't think you have to worry about Nick Claxton. I think the Nets realize how unique his defensive capability is and how he makes them from being a bottom half defensive team or an average defensive team to being a one of the best in the league, according to the analytics. So I think he's going to see time. I'm really interested to see how he he competes against Giannis. I think he's the Nets' best um, defender in terms of physical profile to match up with Giannis. I don't know how he fits against Embiid because I think he's just very thin at this point to compete with Embiid in the post. Um, But you you got to run him out there. You don't really have too many better options. But But the best person who guarded Embiid all year is not playing, and you know it makes me sad that he's not playing. But Alize Johnson did a hell of a job against the Sixers and in, in, in uh, one of our games against them. I, I mean, he 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 just guarded Embiid a completely different way. He just you know he guarded him below the the shoulders, and it was it was amazing. He, Embiid had his way with everyone except uh, uh, Alize, but Alize's not going to see him. He's a break glass in, in case of emergencies. Players, anyway, gentlemen, we're Gonna wind this thing down. I just want your starting fives for the Nets in the playoffs. Give me your basic most used starting five. Let's do the Celtics series. For the Celtics series, give me your starting five. Um, starting with you, uh uh Billy. Yeah, uh, I think I said already Kyrie, James, uh Bruce Brown, I think will get the nod with Joe Harris a little beat up. Then K D and Blake. I think they're gonna have to change that sub Bruce out for either Jeff Green or, or Clax against uh, the Bucks, 
and then maybe something similar against the Sixers. But I think for the first round, Bruce Brown will be in there. So, yeah, I would. Probably, I mean, look, I, I've been, I've tweeted about it. I'm, I'm definitely. I think the Joe Harris health thing is, uh, is a really under the radar storyline that I think really does affect the team because I think they're. If you look at their games, also they're a totally different team, either when he's off or when he's not in. Um, but I would, but I mean, assuming he's good to go, I, I would want um, Kyrie, Harris, Harden, Durant, and then I think between, and then I, I guess probably uh, I'd want to see I'd want to see Blake, um, and then in a in a Sixer series, by the way, just because we brought it up, I, I honestly think that the two people who should be on. Um, on Embiid is honestly Blake and it should honestly be like a little bit of Harden because I actually think Harden could do a decent job with him. Yeah. Um, I think he would annoy the crap out of him. Yeah. I See, I, I just wouldn't want Harden because you know how Embiid flops and how physical he is. That can get Harden into foul trouble very, very easily. Good point. Um, and I, I, I would not want that because the, the Nets key to beating the Sixers, in my opinion, Ben Simmons is an elite defender and with his size, he's going to be able to like really affect Kyrie. I think I mean, Kyrie played very well last time against them, but we've seen in prior matchups Ben Simmons against Kyrie, one being last year. Ben Simmons' length against a six-two Kyrie could could really be affecting him. So I don't want to. I want to try and keep um, Harden and Kyrie on the floor together for the most part because um, I think that Simmons can only guard one of them, and the other guy can really run the offense and, and get get his own. Um, so I, I really wouldn't want to get Harden into foul trouble in that way. But I, I like Blake and. I'm a huge fan of Blake. We haven't got to talk about him too much on this thing, but I'm a huge fan of Blake. I think he's exactly what they needed. Somebody that can play make out of the front court, shoot a little bit, super tough and gritty. Um, he's not afraid to get in someone's face either. I think we're going to see a couple Blake scuffles in this postseason, which oh, yeah. I love. I love that side of the game, especially in playoff basketball. Um, he's going to get into it, whether it's uh, uh, Embiid or Ben Simmons or, or Giannis or P.J. Tucker. I mean, he's going to get into it with someone at some point because he's not going to get pushed around. He understands the stakes at hand. Yeah, I, I, my, my five. Uh, okay, so you guys basically did the the starting fives that I thought that I think are gonna like uh, it's gonna happen. I, I agree with with what you guys are thinking of, but the five that I would have liked to have seen is I would have liked to have seen a starting five of uh Blake at a. F- five-ish Nick Claxton at the other five-ish four five-ish and neither one of them are centers per se and then and then the the most important thing for me is keeping Kevin Durant at the small forward Harden and Kyrie the reason why I say do that is because you've now mixed defense defensive specialists with, uh, you know, I can't say that he's an offensive specialist, but he gives you way more offense than um, Blake gives you way more offense than Nick does, right? And then you could do the same thing in the second in the in the second unit. You can now run second units where Joe Harris is is coming on the floor uh, providing uh, offense you can mix in Landry Shamit and still have um Bruce Brown on the floor with with Uncle um with Uncle Jeff and I, I just feel like you can have these stretch runs where Harden is just going to be on the court by himself elevating those other three guys I like having Shamit and Harris on the floor at the same time as Harden 
um, you know, because you get the lob option uh, if he goes to the basket, and then he can swing out to the, the to the guys on the perimeter, basically sitting there uh, uh, wide open. And I think you know James Harden needs some alone time on the court without without KD and and Kyrie. Whereas Kyrie and KD, I feel like they like they really like playing on the court together or with one other superstar. So I I feel like there's this, you know, and it could be Bruce Brown in the starting lineup, but I just feel like you'd want the continuity. And then when you play against these bigger teams, um, um, you, you're going to need that. All right, let, let's, let's, let's try to wind, let's, let's end this thing here. I have one last thing I need to say, and you guys tell me if I'm crazy or not. I believe and I pray that the Nets are working on a zone defense right now. They're going they're not going to need the zone defense so much for the Celtics. The Celtics they could run their the, the, the defensive package that I've watched them use all season long with very little zone. But we've watched the Miami Heat utterly expose both the Milwaukee Bucks and the uh uh Philadelphia 76ers by playing zone. Gentlemen, last question I promise. Is there is there a zone being worked on at HSS right now? Uh Billy, you start. Yeah, I think they have the days off right now to do that and it would be smart to put it in their repertoire. But I don't think we've seen uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've seen any zone at all from the Nets this year. For like a, um, a hot second, they did it against the Sixers. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen them do it again since. And yeah, um, it's been very little. Kenny used to play with it a lot, um, but we haven't seen much of Nash um, doing it. So I don't know if that's something that they believe in uh, as a coaching staff. But I think, given that we've we've seen against them with Embiid and Giannis, that they really haven't had too many answers. I don't think it'll be a bad idea. Um, and another thing that could surprise the Sixers, why not? And, and the Bucks. I mean, they have two guys that can't really shoot, shoot very well, so that's where his own can work against Giannis and, and Simmons and then even Embiid's size. So I think it has the potential to work. Um, the Nets have a smart team that should be able to kind of understand and grasp zone concepts, and they have some length with KD and Claxton and then uh, Blake yeah. potentially in there, and Harden's got good like hands, they, Kyrie's got good hands. So I almost feel I, like I they hit it. Work. It's, it's like I almost feel like they just tried it in little spurts here and there, never got to work on it in practice and almost hit it. Like it, it's almost like I have this imaginary friendship with Steve Nash, and he calls me and he tells me, "Don't worry, Eve, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to run zone right now because I don't want anyone to learn and and our zone and and stop us." But Houston ran it uh, under Dan Tony. Uh, t- to some good effect, and um, uh, Ime Udoka, who was on the Spurs coaching staff, ran the zone against uh, uh, LeBron James and the, the the Heat, LeBron James, and 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 they they rode that to a championship. So I'm ho- I know that the institutional knowledge is there to run the zone. Sam, last words: Do they run the zone, or or do they need to run the zone? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I like I like running this. I hope they do, and I, I and I like the uh, implementation of it just because I also think it it takes it usually takes teams like a couple of plays to realize like what the fuck is going on, right. and 
So just to get people out of sorts a little bit, I think it's a nice move. And I could totally see Nash doing that because I think one thing that Nash is great at is he's good at understanding as a player what he liked and didn't like to go against and, and whether that's on the floor or off the floor. And so I think it would be an interesting thing because I'm sure like, you know, I'm sure in a lot of his matches against, you know, uh, Don Nelson or uh, or Popovich or Phil Jackson, whoever it was, I'm sure they were throwing out a lot of different things at him. So that's why I'd like, I, I'd like to see him kind of throw the same stuff back at uh, some of these other teams. Guys, I cannot tell you like how happy I am. Like just he- just hearing us talk basketball about are we gonna run zones and to lead us to the championships and and get us through the east like that's amazing. Are you ready, Billy? I'm are we- pumped. I can't wait. Are you guys ready? I- oh I- yeah. Yo, I I last question. This is the for real last question before I play the theme music. Are we winning a championship, Billy? I I think so. I, I think the only team that's gonna beat the Nets is the Lakers at full strength and. Um, that could be the Nets, I should say. Um, and I think the Lakers are a little bit hobbled. I don't really think that they have it in them right now. And the Nets have a better record than the Lakers, too. So if they were to meet in the finals, the Nets would have home court. And I think that could be an, an advantage. Uh, so I, I think the Nets are going to get through it. It's going to be tough. There's going to be some times where maybe the Nets are trailing in the series or tied up um, with the Bucks or Sixers. And it might be stressful. But I think we got to trust the talent, trust the star power, trust the pedigree of this roster. Um, and I think ultimately we're going to be partying in the city um in late july it's gonna be hot so bring your water um <laughs> great to have a fun time oh i am buying all the drinks on flatbush <laughs> avenue listen guys thank you so much billy let them know where where folks can um can find your brilliant work and and, and uh and follow you yeah you guys can follow me on twitter at billy reinhardt um and then i link everything to there um, that I'm doing. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys having me on. Hopefully we could do this again, maybe later in the playoffs, maybe preview the next series or so. Fucking Nets Twitter royalty right there. My guy, B-Ara. <laughs> Sam, tell them where they can find you. You know, at uh, at Samuel Lachow on Twitter, I'm, uh, I'm, if anybody's going to be at the game, any of the games, I'm going to game two, I just found out. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to go back to Barclays. I was there for the last game of the season. It was Awesome, so I'm I'm pumped to be going back. I'm negotiating with my wife on these court sides. Um, I'm trying to convince her that it's more important that we go to the Nets uh, uh, playoffs than buying a, desalin- a desalinization tank <laughs> so that we could turn <laughs> ocean water into drinking water. I, no, I don't want her to... Correct me later on if she hears this podcast, where we could turn salt water into water for bathing and cooking, not necessarily drinking. I think the Nets championship is more important than the desalinization. Let us catch the rainwater. Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> New York tri-state area. Uh, New Jersey, Long Island, all parts abroad. We are the Front Office Podcast, and we're chronicling a Nets championship. Everybody, for Billy, for my partner Sam, let's go win this championship. It starts this weekend. Get your tickets, fill Barclays, and let's do this. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.